That's right, folks. All aboard the USS Ferry. The Big Blue 82 podcast has just set sail. You're listening to the official podcast for the 1982 Farragut High School Admirals of Knoxville, Tennessee. The largest class and winner of the school's first two state championships. So what have these Admirals ports of call been? Listen now and find out. I'm the class president and host, Vic Moore. And here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Blue 82 podcast. And we have a very special guest uh, today to talk to you about. His name is Billy Kitchens. Billy, take it away. Say something. Well, Vic, uh, it's uh, really good for you to contact me to be on the show. I, I don't know how special of a guest I'll be, but I guess all of us that graduated Big Blue in 82 were pretty special. Special if we're still around, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it all special. You're still, what is it, six feet above the ground? And uh, hopefully yeah. one day soon we'll be not that six feet apart from each other anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah, but when all that's over. Well, I'm, I'm glad to have you on here. You've got a very unique story. You recently had something happen to you, kind of tragic, and it kind of affected you, but that's kind of like in the last, what, year or two when that happened? How long ago was that? It will be two years in June. In June, okay. Uh, so I, I knew it was recent. And we're going to get to that yeah. thing. This is the teaser for people listening. What happened to Billy? But right now, we're going to we're gonna go, kind of go back in time first and lead up to what happened there. Because I always okay. like to talk to the graduates about what, what did you do out of 82 when you went out into the big blue? What happened? What did you, what did you do after graduation? Well, I, I was kind of a slow starter up. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I knew that uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I didn't. I didn't start college right away, and um, I was working at uh, St. Mary's Medical Center and just working as an orderly right after high school, and became interested in uh, respiratory therapy. And I thought that was the route that I wanted to go. I thought I was going to become a respiratory therapist mm-hmm. and worked there for several years. And then uh, I kind of just fell into my main career. I left uh, the hospital and went to work for a company called uh, Home Care Equipment. One end of the building, I was doing respiratory stuff, uh, still thinking about becoming a respiratory therapist. The other end of the building, they were doing orthotics and prosthetics. Mm-hmm. And I realized in a hurry that that looked like a whole lot more fun than respiratory therapy. <laughs> yeah. So I was able to get into the field of uh, orthotics and prosthetics. And it's not something you can do nowadays, but back then I was able to get into it by on-the-job training, uh, work, you know, working in the field and it's really weird. I, I, I didn't actually go to college. I was able to do coursework and become certified as an orthotist. And I did that for 27 years. And or, did you say orthotist? Orthotist. What What the heck, Billy, is an orthotist? It's well, how, I know it, what an orthodontist is, but fill us in. Well, that and a lot of people have heard of prosthetist or they've heard of prosthesis. Uh-huh. And then the, the the field of orthotics and prosthetics is together. Um, okay. You, you can become a orthotist or you can become a prosthetist. Um, what an orthotist does is 
all types of external grazing. Um, okay. The term ornithotist, a lot of people say, oh, do you sell? And there is some selling involved, but really the ornithotist is you you evaluate, make, uh, you know, measure, make, and fit the devices. So mm-hmm. you're you're actually a uh, what's called an orthodist practitioner. And, and some people become orthodists and prosthetists, which are smart to do that, where you can do both fields. Um, yeah. And the fields kind of interact somewhat. But I've stuck to the orthotic side and absolutely loved it. And I worked in the Knoxville area for 27 years. And what I did with both, I'd worked for two different companies. And what I did was my main uh, task was their hospital orthotist. So I was in all of the hospitals all around and, and what that would involve. So just to kind of give a uh, idea, someone uh, has a car wreck, you know, on a Friday night and they wind up in the hospital and they've got a broken back. Right. And the doctor, the orthopedic doctor or neurosurgeon would go in and do their surgery or, decide, hey, this person needs a back brace so that they can start healing. When I first started, all back braces were custom. There were no off-the-shelf. You know, this is back in 1990. Mm-hmm. And so I would go in and have to actually make a mold of their body. And I would use a make a plaster mold, front and back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, body and uh, from, from like their neck to their uh, hips. Part of the thing you were talking about, what's really what's really weird, is I worked with a lot of patients that have been paralyzed, you know, paraplegics, uh, right, quadriplegics, just any anything you could imagine that would need a brace. Yeah. Uh, we did. Mm-hmm. I also and remember got, I remember the little um, push uh, like a scooter that you'd lean your leg on and carry that around with you. That seemed to well, be yeah, and that came around. You know, that's been the last 10 years. We yeah. And we really didn't. That was more of a like a Lambert's, like a health care that would sell walkers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, from when I started to what's out there now, it, it's just drastically changed. Uh, uh, you know, it's like, you know, everything that we used when I first started, it was uh, it was starting to change over from, uh, you know, just like Forrest Gump, that's what a lot of people. You think about Forrest Gump and those metal braces that he wore. Oh yeah, yeah. how many people haven't seen that movie? I mean, run, Forrest, run! Exactly. Well, that was actually the I knew the guy that got to help make the the, the braces for that movie. Oh, uh, really? Cool. <laughs> he was a uh, regional manager for Hangar, and that was done down in. The, down in Georgia, I can't remember exactly where at now, but but anyway, that metal bracing used to be the thing, and and as I was coming up in the '90s or when I started, uh, uh, thermoplastics were starting to come in, and that's where you would you'd make a mold of a body part and take that mold and vacuum form plastic, mm-hmm. you know, over the form. Now it's changed so much that to become an orthotist. You first have to get a um, master's degree. Mm-hmm. Then you have to do a one year of uh, orthotics or prosthetics or two years if you want to do both mm-hmm. and a one year residency. So it's really changed. Wow. And then did you <laughs> did you grandfather slide in on that deal so that yeah, your, your well, experience trumps the education? But it, it did. And the courses that I took, uh, 
I was able to get what they call it back then. It was a VOC certification. Right. And that was at the time when I did it, it wasn't the equivalent of a bachelor's degree, Mm -hmm. but I did get grandfathered in to the ABC, which were the two certifying boards for orthodontists and prosthetists at the time. That's great. You see, let let me put it on pause for just a second. You see this, Billy, this is encouraging because Look what the message here is. Your experience, and boy, you've got a lot of it, is behind right. you. You're, you're an expert in this field. Then all of a sudden, big education comes along and says, well, you know, we're going to start oh, degreeing people, right? And oh, then yeah. there you are. Hey, I'm, I'm pretty much degreed up here. <laughs> Probably say thousands of dollars in tuition. And you're right there. You're literally hands-on. Can I use that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love it. Well, and you know, it's 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 really weird. Like I said, they won't they don't let. Uh, well, even when I started in respiratory therapy, you could do. I was working. It's so crazy. In 1982 or no, about 1984, I was working at St. Mary's Medical Center, and I was mm-hmm. setting up ventilators and doing all this kind of stuff that now you know you couldn't touch with. <laughs> you know, unless you are a registered. Uh, respiratory therapist or whatever and they don't let you touch anything but i was giving breathing treatments and all this kind of stuff and mm-hmm. so just like every field uh, orthotics and prosthetics you know certification you you have to be certified and it's it, it's so crazy it, it's a great thing because you definitely want people to know what they're doing right you know to be doing this kind of stuff but the pay's not going up but the, you know, it takes longer to get through school and costs more, and it's just yeah. You know, you know what really, but you know, what really gets me is talking about this because you know, a famous person or a former president, they'll give them an honorary doctoral degree in a field they don't even know anything about. And if anybody needs an honorary doctoral degree in a field, I would suggest you, Mister Kitchens, because you got to cook in, <laughs> in the kitchen on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I fell into it. I absolutely loved it. Um, it, you know, it was, uh, one of, one of the most, I don't really want to want to say difficult because it wasn't difficult for me, but when people think of it, the more horrifying braces is the halo. And one of our great great classmates, Matt Kittrell, and I don't know if you'll get to talk to him and hopefully he'll be at the reunion. And I know yeah, I'm going to talk, I'm, saying this, I'm gonna talk to everybody. The date of uh, HIPAA, he wouldn't, he wouldn't care for me saying this, but Matt broke his neck like in 19, I don't know, before I got into the field. Right. And he had to have a halo. Mm-hmm. And what a halo is, for those that don't know, you, when I, when I tell this, I'll say, oh, I've seen that, but the ring around the head and there's four screws that go. It looks mm. like they drill into the skull. Yeah. They really don't. There's just the tip of them go into the outer bone. Yeah. Four skull pins, you know, go into the outer bone. And then that ring is attached with some rods that come down to a vest. And the vest is, you know, on the body. And it's basically a way to brace someone that's got a broken neck yeah. that doesn't need surgery or can't have surgery or for whatever reason they just need mobilization right and 
the halo is not being used as much now as it was for many years. It, you know, it ran, um, started kind of, you know, technology as far as surgery goes was yeah. getting better and other things. But when I first started doing that, uh, became very proficient at it and worked for a company started out called Phil Howell Orthopedic and I was their hospital guy. So I went around to hospitals and when an orthopedic surgeon or neurosurgeon needed a halo, um, most of the time it was me. There were other guys that were on call and stuff, but, mm -hmm. you know, and as orthotists, we were, we did have someone on call 24 seven because, you know, in the hospitals, when someone's hurt and, or going to be discharged or whatever, they need someone there to get a brace on them, get them out of the hospital. Right. And, um, well, let, let's segue so, now. Let's let's segue. You said when someone's hurt. So uh, just for the sake of right. time, because we can't we can't spend a whole lot of time on this. I'm trying to manage. They say gotcha. the average adult listens about 45 minutes at two now. But I want to get right. to what, how you got hurt recently, a couple, a couple of years ago in the June um, of. Uh, so this is we're recording this, by the way, in about April of 2021. So you're looking at June of 19. It'll be it'll be two years June the eighth. I'll never forget the date. All right, tell me um, what happened on just, that fateful day. Just real kind of quick of what happened. I you know I had a home in Farragut that I'd had for twenty years and been on the roof many times. Mm -hmm. uh, Christmas lights, you know, roof repairs, all kinds of stuff. But just and I've always been a do-it-yourselfer. But uh, this particular Saturday, I had went back up to check some stuff that I had sprayed around the uh, chimney area because um, I have a leak and I had sprayed some new stuff that I was trying to just see if it would stop the leak. Mm -hmm. It rained Friday night, went up Saturday morning. The roof wasn't wet or anything, but I don't know what happened. I was on the highest part of the roof. They estimate about 25 to 30 feet mm. and just, I don't know. I, stumbled tripped something but hit the roof fell landed on the ground mm. luckily mm. and i have to say luckily landed on my back not my neck mm -hmm. unluckily i broke about eight vertebrae mm. in my back and one of them the l1 um really it didn't sever my spinal cord but it really mashed it pretty bad and got it bad out of shape and i broke my collarbone messed it up really bad um broke my scapula and broke all 12 ribs on my right side and that was out of everything the most painful oh, wow. but one of the ribs punctured a lung and luckily um Someone was at home and they heard it and got the ambulance there and they got me to UT. And of course I, I was out of it when I got there and I woke up two days later and I had three chest tubes in and was in ICU. Wow. And just to, to make a long story short, it, it paralyzed me and we weren't sure. Uh, but going back to this is where the crazy part comes in. So here I've done this work for all these years. Mm -hmm. UT hospital, number one 
uh, trauma center, level trauma center in Knoxville. Most of the work that I did in the hospitals, especially halos, back braces, that kind of stuff, were at UT. Wow. And after 27 years, you get to know everyone, you know, the floors, the doctors, mm-hmm. um, and the neurosurgeons at this time are cycling through and several of them that work there are my age and you just can't, you can't help become friends with them, you know, and I've actually done stuff for, you know, luckily nothing major, but when they needed something, a brace for one of their kids, you know, hurt in soccer or whatever, they hey, I'll build. But anyway, uh, one of the, neurosurgeons that I've become really good friends with is in the big, well, there's only one big group there of neurosurgeons now. His name is Dr. Bill Snyder, great guy. Mm-hmm. He came through, uh, one of the other neurosurgeons had came through, uh, he was on call that weekend, this other neurosurgeon. But anyway, Dr. Snyder came through, Bill came through. I said, Bill, I want you to do my surgery. And so he did my surgery and got me fixed up the best he could. And, you know, he was just straight with me. He's like, Bill, you know, in these situations, and I've been in them so many times where spinal cord not severed, and you just don't know if you're going to get movement. You don't, you don't know if that patient's going to be able to walk in or not. And so here I was, that patient now. And unfortunately, two years later, I have gotten no movement back and you know that's been it's been hard to deal with and uh just something that i am dealing with but so you know there i was at ut with neurosurgeon that i knew doing uh, the surgery and many of the nurses that were working on me i knew um and then when i, I was there for two weeks um and then they got me to patricia neal which I've worked with all the therapists at Patricia Neal for many years, and a lot of them have been there for 20-something years. And for those listening, and Patricia Neal is a rehabilitation center rehabilitation for people center with traumatic brain injuries. And, and these, yeah, traumatic. Yep. The, <clears throat> you know, Patricia Neal started that, mm-hmm. and uh, it's in Fort Sanders Medical Center. And, you know, I worked on a lot of patients I worked on at UT ended up going there. You know, another place patients would go would be Shepherds in uh, Atlanta. And that, you know, that was, that was some, somebody asked me, do you want to go to Shepherds? I'm like, no way I'm going to Patricia Neal because they have a great spinal cord injury, uh, you know, program there and uh, brain injury, uh, everything prosthetics they work with patients with their prosthetics but so i was there and for six weeks and like i said it was it was just so weird because here i was uh, you know rolling in as a patient when so many times the when the therapist needed a, a brace for a patient they would say hey got a consult can you come make a brace for this patient and, you know i would go and go during these therapy times with the therapist and their patient and measure for a brace and, or a cast or whatever we did and then come back and do the fitting and then work with them and adjustments and you get to know all your therapists and the nurses and of course even the director of 
Patricia Neal and just was really close with those folks. And now, really Billy, good... it looks like it looks like it was a God thing that all these people that you worked for and helped, and now all of a sudden they've turned about and they're helping you. Would you not say it that's was... some kind of a divine uh, direction going uh, on there? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, and it was, yeah, it, you know, I, I love you. Say, I don't, you know, I, you got a lot of courage and you're doing great, and I just don't know how you're doing it. And you know, the thing that I that I try to tell myself is, it could be worse. I could be a quadriplegic, which mm-hmm. you know, you, I do have the use of my upper body. Um, so, so people will know I'm paralyzed from about belly button, just to give a kind of idea from belly button down, have no feeling mm-hmm. and, and nothing moves, nothing works. Um, mm-hmm. And it could have been worse. You know, I just had to tell myself that it could have been worse. I could have, you know, been, I could have broke my neck. I could have died. I could have, yeah. there's so many mm-hmm. things I, well, let but, me ask you this. Let me know, ask you this. We're, we're, we're coming up on two years into the therapy and the rehabilitation and trying to get things back. What have the doctors told you as a future prognosis five, ten years from this, now? You know, Bill and I had a long discussion about a year out. And when I say Bill, I, I should say Dr. Schneider. Right, I mean, right. And that was kind of one of the not, not kind of, that was a great thing about knowing the neurosurgeon. There was no, you know, wondering if he's telling me this to, you know, we were, he was straight up with me because he knew, I knew what, you know, after about a year, most likely it's not going to happen. And I knew that. And we had that talk. And of course we both said, you know, you know, we've seen things happen and you got to keep in the back of your mind, but coming up on two years and I've had no trace movement whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I, I just have to know that I'm probably going to be a paralegal the rest of my life. And that's just the way I've got to, got to live my life now. So, so you're, you're adapting the, by you're, you're continuing to go to therapy when you can get there. And now you've got uh, a, an issue I think you were mentioning to me earlier about getting to the therapy session with the vehicle. Yeah. Because it's just not outfitted for what you it's, need it for. Well, right? here's 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 the rough thing, Dick, and that, no, this is not for anybody to feel sorry for me, but it I had one of the things that I had done is I had left the patient side of this is what it's really hurt me in this situation, but I left the patient as far as human patient uh, orthotics and prosthetics, and I had a great opportunity, what I felt was a great opportunity to start. There is a company called My Pets Brace. It's in Pennsylvania. It's a guy like me that was an orthotist, and him and his buddies, uh, and this happened to me over 27 years. People would say, hey, can you make a brace for an animal? You know, my dog needs, is there any way you can do this? And we did do a few little things, you know, experimenting to try to make some type of a plastic brace here and there. And and, and uh, this guy in Pennsylvania did that too, but he actually made a business out of it and a very successful business in Pennsylvania. Right. And 
there was only four places in the United States that was doing it for animals, and it was becoming very popular. And I saw this as a, you know, I, was, I don't want to say I was getting burnt out, but I was kind of needing a change of being on call, and uh, you had to be on call, you know, at least one week in a month, and I did that for so long, and just looked at it as a new opportunity, and I went for it. But I. I did things a little bit the wrong way. I put too much money into it and uh, out of retirement and that kind of a thing. And it's kind of left me in a bad spot because after my accident and other things too, some people will know about this because I, I went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. I was kind of headed in that direction with I, I, the reason I say that is I don't, I don't want people to think, oh, wow, this lady left this guy because he was paralyzed. And that wasn't it at all. It was a, something that was happening and was going to happen. Anyway, it's been so here I am, started this new business, fell off my roof, became paralyzed only one year into it, and I lost everything. I mean, I lost it all. So you, it, you were going to do the vet veterinary type pet? Bracing, yes, and then the accident happened. I just want to get this the accident time happened one year, in, okay. one year into this business that okay. I had sunk all my money into. It. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not when I say all, not every bit, but yeah. well, pretty much. It, well, yeah. and I was, uh, you know, run your first year of business, you're not making any money, so I'm behind, and it, it was just a terrible time for something like that to happen. Otherwise, but eventually, eventually you would have taken off and you would have recouped. I think so. Yeah, think it sounds so. like a very I, unique service, and everybody but, has a dog. Please, yeah, and more, believe it or not, more dogs blow their, what they call their ACL. It's a, they blow their ACL out. More dogs blow their ACL out than humans, and it's about a $4,000 repair. Mm-hmm. So a $1,200 brace is what it costs to, mm-hmm. to have a custom-made brace, which is expensive, but compared to $4,000, mm-hmm. it's, it, you know, and if people get on and look that up, because I know there's a lot of pet hunters, and I had a lot of interest in, you know, Facebook page and stuff like that, and a lot of people know that I've gotten into this and right. was enjoying it very much, but that, that all... You know, it was, there was a lot of loss, not only from losing my ability to walk, but business and. Let me ask you this, because I think some people might be curious to know. Um, If you had your mobility vehicle situation just wrapped up, say a van with a ramp uh, where you could operate on and up the ramp and you get, you slide around, get in the car and drive, van and drive it yourself. Um, with, you know, special adaptive uh, things. I know that this can happen because have you heard of a woman named Johnny Erickson Tata? Um, I have heard that name. She is a very famous, um, well, she does wheelchairs, wheelchairs for the world. She has a radio program, wow. five-minute radio program. I actually interviewed her back in the day when I worked at Radio Knoxville in the 90s. She has a wonderful story. And recently she just came through COVID and, and championed that. But she drives herself in her own van and she is a quadriplegic. Oh, yeah. 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 So everything's paralyzed. Well, she, she can paint with her mouth, you know. Oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah, mm-hmm. sip, what they call a sip and puff. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something, you know, a van would be 
would be great. I mean, yeah. and that's what, because in my situation, to be able to roll out and into a van at the train or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I do have what we call temporary controls on the vehicle right now. It's my sister-in-law's mm-hmm. uh, vehicle. and uh, Yeah, but you don't, it's not I, a van. I can like, drive it, but, but getting in and out and trying to put my wheelchair, I have to take it apart and pull it across me, and it's just... Mm-hmm. It's you a know, pain. It's, so one of one of the things that a van would be ideal. Right, and, right. Okay, what I'm getting at with the idea of the van is that once you become independently mobile like that and you're able to go places, you can capture that business back. Am I, am I right here? I could possibly get back into working on people. Okay. And people. I would love to do that because yeah. last 13 years of my career, I did a lot of pediatrics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you could get back but, into the old school job with people like you used to do before and well, and, and help yourself and, and get I've back. And I've been offered that with the two companies that are – one company I helped start. I didn't I didn't own it, but I did help mm-hmm. start it. Church Orthotics is – there's only really two comp- – well, there's three now. But orthotic prosthetic companies in Knoxville. And one of them is Hanger where I started, and the other one is Choice that I helped start. Mm-hmm. And – now there's Faroo, which is a company that came in out of. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, it, Vic. It's the last few years has just been. I mean, it it really has. It was great being able to go to Patricia Neal, and they got me out and got me started. But mm-hmm. I do need more therapy. I need. Uh, of course, you do. I and it's. You know, without going into too much detail, going through, you know, we finalized divorce. And the house that we had, even if my wife and I got a divorce, the house, I was in a trial of a house. It would have never worked. We're going to have to sell the house and get something else. Mm -hmm. Um, I was able to, I don't want to bring anybody, listen to this podcast, bring anybody down, but my brother and his wife lived in Kingston. My older brother, five years older than me, mm-hmm. he says, "Come, come, come, move in with me. I've got a room. It's a rancher, um, and I was able to do that. And my brother, I knew I was really glad to do that because my brother had problems with his liver. And exactly one year to the day of my accident, my brother passed away. Oh wow! So it's been." extremely tough and the one the reason I, I wanted to bring that up is if, if nobody gets anything out of this podcast from my story get your spiritual and your mental health taken care of mm-hmm. and don't be afraid to do that I, I know there's you know back when when we were in school thought of you know somebody talking with the psychiatrist or whatever it was just you just didn't hear about it and i i want people to be aware that our our mental health mm-hmm. you know obviously me i'm going through a lot of trials and tribulations right now i know you sound a little bit like but job nowadays things are so stressful our mm-hmm. our kids are you know everybody as we're getting older everything you know it's it's just so important right. if you if you don't do on the spiritual side and even if you do I don't care if you're 
you know, how spiritual you are. Sometimes you need help with mental health. And I can't stress that enough because, right. you know, it's, it's just, and that, and I, and actually I need more of that myself. And, mm -hmm. and I want to be able to drive myself to these appointments. And I appreciate you bringing that up because a lot of people have reached out and mm -hmm. my, I will be on Medicare starting uh, next year. I'll be eligible with my disability, but, um, and, and I, I have insurance right now to cover, you know, some things, but they don't cover anything like a van lift or a van or yeah. truck lift or whatever. They don't cover any of that kind of stuff. They barely cover wheelchairs, but Medicare will help. They're, they're not going to pay for stuff, but my immediate needs are met. You know, I have a place to live and I'm, I can afford my insurance and my mm -hmm. food and stuff like that. But I just, uh, I lost out so much money on this business. And, uh, right. Well, see, you know, I would call, to use the analogy, the admirals, very good admirals. You might be somebody, you know, you got a, a boat out there at the sea, you're above water, you got some provisions, but... The storms of life can shake our little boats around, and that's why we need the big, bad, blue, giant cruise liner to come by, and, and you can kind of uh, tie up to the side and maybe jump on board. So what I'm getting at here, Billy, and I know you don't want to well, be sound like somebody who needs a handout or whatever, and, and you know, when we get in situations like this, it's hard to ask for help sometimes. And you're right about mental health, you definitely, and spiritual health. Get those two. Really yes. good. And it seems like you've done that. So what we need to do, I think, and one of the reasons to do this podcast is not just to find out what's going on bad in someone's life, just to find out what people have been doing for 40 years. So those graduates who are listening right now, I want you to think about what you might be able to do. I know you've probably got your businesses already going good, some of you. And, and think about how you can help Billy out. And it, you can contact me through the email, fhsbigblue82 at gmail. If you're interested in helping out now, but by, by the time this podcast airs, believe me, Billy, we're already going to be trying to do some things to help out and we're going to put it on the Facebook page. And, but it, nonetheless, we're talking about a major investment here in Billy's life. Y'all listening in. And uh, so I yeah. just wanted to put those two cents in there for you. That's and the hard part for me, Vic was, you know, like I said, I, I was working and a lot of guys were, I was working and I got married at a young age and, I was always able to provide, you know, for me. And I have three, three grown children now, youngest 21, 21 year old daughter, which, uh, she's had a, a, a fun year. First year teacher. <laughs> oh, really? Tell, <laughs> tell me about, tell us about your children. Tell us about your children. You got to be your pride and joy. Uh, my, my daughter, Sierra, she's, uh, she said at three years old, she wanted to be a teacher mm -hmm. and stuck with it. And that's what she became. She, uh, graduated. Mm -hmm. UTC last year and unfortunately didn't get to have a graduation because of COVID, but mm. uh, got a job at Knox County Schools and she took a little bit of a, I don't want to say difficult, but I mean, she, the job was available at Sammy Hill School, which is a very small school. She's got half, uh, um, she got a certificate where she could teach, um, uh, physical need children. Mm -hmm. um, where, where is Sammy Hill School? Is that in, in it's, uh It's kind of downtown Knoxville. It's a little over towards 
the Fortin Gill area. Okay. Uh, kind of that. I know. I know. Yeah, some of the listeners right now, if they're like me or Doug, they're probably trying to make that joke. Where in the Sammy Hill is this place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But she she really likes it. You know this. She said if she wouldn't had the stress of all the COVID stuff put on her because, mm-hmm. and she's teaching. It's really weird for her. She's she she wanted to teach. I think first or second grade. She took a job teaching pre. Um, Pre-K. Okay. And so you can't do a, a you know, a Zoom class with pre-K. No. And, and half your class special ed, and not that the special ed can't do that because they're totally available, you know, to special ed kids could definitely do Zoom. I don't mean that, but I mean, it's just not, it's, it's in-class participation is what's needed at that level. Right. right and, and that's pretty much what she's been doing, but she still has to prepare all this stuff, and it's put a lot of stress on everybody. Of course, it's all the teachers, but you know, your first year, it's uh, extra right. special. <laughs> okay, so that's one of your daughters. Tell us what your other children are into. Um, the the uh, I've got one child that's still trying to finish out at UT. He's on that seven-year plan. <laughs> he's <laughs> And I know a bunch of my friends are like, oh, yeah, they were on that. So the, for, for those of you that remember Billy Kitchens, but a lot of the my, – my running crew was Ryan Carver, Mike Hartman, Steve Farmer, uh, oh, gosh, David Sheehan. Uh, there were so many of them. You know, I, was, right. I, I was one of these guys, middle of the road. I had the, you know, friends of, well, on the football team, the old farmers and the – you know, just I, we were friends with everybody, oh, yeah. you know. And uh, I want to get back to that third child in just a minute. We'll lose as a teaser, but right now, you brought it up. You start talking about all these guys you hung out with. Now, uh, it's been brought to my attention that you guys were involved in a stellar uh prank, <laughs> and everyone got to see it, even though you know the authorities kind of squelched it a little bit. There was still some cool stuff. What was the stunt? And we all remember it. Well. And, you know, I, I, I wonder before I talk about this, what is the uh, – can they come back and get you for something like no, that? No, no. This 40 is, years later. For, this, the, what's it called? <laughs> the statute of limitations is long gone. Yeah, that's it, limitations. So <laughs> – and I have pictures of this. In my in the dead-end street I lived on, I was in the uh, – uh, Crestwood Hills, where I was raised, and back then, and you know, I want you to send me to send me those pictures too, Billy. I'm going to put them on the Facebook page, I'll, and I'm going to I'll start. I have to get those from my mom, but I know there's some there. Mm-hmm. It's uh, we painted these four sheets up. Said we're selling the uh, spray paint, just blue paint. We're selling the school just for you because we're class eighty two. I know <laughs> it's cheesy, but you know we had to think of what can we do and. And will we be able to hang this off the roof? And sure enough, we did. And we got the, you know, back then you didn't have texting and the cell phones and all that. We got enough people that even more people got involved in the thought. But I don't know. There was a hundred or more real estate signs yanked out of yards stuck in the front of Farragut. <laughs> and uh, web, web school for, was there with the web school sign. I, well, that must have been a different one. But these were just real estate agent signs, and we stuck them all up in the front of the school there mm-hmm. uh, to the right of the commons. 
we climbed up on the roof. Now here, there's this good story about me being on the roof. Like that's, you know, 40 years later <laughs> came to haunt me, but got on the roof and we all went, walked from the red wing all the way over to the commons, dropped the sheet down. And then I don't know who it was, but some people that came with us, I think that were kind of uninvited somehow found a door open and scattered some chairs around and stuff in the commons. And I think they didn't like it too much. And so very early the sign was taken down and all the uh, real estate signs were taken up. <laughs> a few people did get to see it, but. You know, we were hoping when everybody came in that day, you're going to see the sign. I saw a few but, of the signs coming in that day. I, I thought it was hilarious. Now, let yeah, me ask you this, Billy. The, the door was left open. Was that also the fateful night that chairs were put on the roof, or was that another night completely? I don't think – there might have been a few chairs put on the roof. I just know somebody went through – somehow they found – in the Red Wing, I think it was the sign's wing. They found a door open and uh -huh. went into the commons area, and that's – that's what I thought that they had done. They had just moved tables around and chairs around. And then mm -hmm. I found out that I think there were some typewriters moved around in a room. I don't think there was any damage done. I hope not. But yeah. I don't know that I – I did go into the commons area. I didn't go up in the other areas. But mm -hmm. it, it's one of those things like anything else, just like the old parties. It's like uh, a lot more people showed up. <laughs> <laughs> Word spread somehow. I don't know how we did it back then word really spread and uh, oh yeah people showed up but we did get the sign hung you know that was one of the things how are you gonna get on the roof that, that worked out but but uh there were you know the you know barry coffee steve farmer i'm trying to remember all the uh, jeff roberts they're gonna kill me for all saying that the oh statue mike statute. hartman uh steve farmer <laughs> i'm pretty sure david shaham was in on it but um me, <laughs> uh, it was just uh, you know, one of the you can't do senior pranks like that now. You'll all, you know, you won't graduate. So oh yeah, they'll, back in the day, you, you, for sure. You know, and we even initialed, we put all of our initials on there, and I can't believe they did. I mean, they could have found out who we were because it was all you know, BK. <laughs> it was all on there, like idiots. <laughs> Well, you know, that up. shows the culture back then. It was safe enough. You felt safe enough to put the initials on yeah. there and, and just blend yeah. in. And, but, you know, so what if they catch yeah. me? What are they going to do? Put me in prison? Put a sign on the roof? <laughs> you left the door open. Get some teacher in prison with yeah, me. We, yeah, somebody, we were walking around because you had to go, whatever wing it is, it goes back towards the, I don't know, one of the subdivisions back there mm -hmm. with uh you know, it's uh, it was one level, and so right. I don't know, ladder with us or whatever, but we were able to get up on the that, that that was a good 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 memory. Oh yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about some more memories while we're talking about memories. I'm going to give you a round robin as we start to finish up the podcast here today. I'm going to mention a few places, things that occurred back in '82. Might have been some of your favorites, and let's just start here randomly. What was your favorite movie? In '82-ish, I was I would say one of the Halloween movies. I remember, or one of those one of those scary. I can't remember if it was Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth. Probably the Halloween. Yeah, it was Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. I just remember going with a bunch of people from school and sitting there, and I can't remember. Okay. All right. Who next was one. Next what, to who was your favorite teacher? I'd have to say I, uh, Mr. Lindsay. 
he was a uh, I went did a electronic. No, the yep. ele- electronics was that up there in the vocational? That was in the vocational. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Farragut campus was huge back then. It still is. There are three different sections. Right. Um, yeah, awesome. Okay, let's move on. That's my fault. Favorite eatery okay. place to eat back then? Um, I I thought about that. The Daryl's. Uh, oh yeah, eighteen seventy nine. Daryl's and uh, I hate when that place went out. Mm-hmm. Up on Bearden Hill. Yep. All right. Um, favorite sport or sports that you were involved in or like to watch? Well. Obviously football, but I, I did play, uh, you know, soccer was taken on back then, and I did play soccer mm-hmm. for a couple of years, and then I dislocated my shoulder and did get to play senior year, and it was the first year you could let her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on, TV show. You know, I, 1982, MTV. <laughs> oh, yeah, it started in 81. By then, it was a year old, right? Yeah, I just remember coming home uh, senior year, and it was, uh, you know, they only had it on for like four hours a day and calling. The, I tell you, the one that got the, the craziest, and there was some, you know, little partying going on, but song called Fish Heads, Fish Heads, Really Poly Fish Heads. <laughs> I remember that. Was that on Saturday Night Live debuted or something? Uh, I don't know, but there was a video of fish heads, and it was just the first night we saw it. Was it? Uh, it was with Barry Coffee and Mike Hartman. And it came on. And we were at one of their houses, and it was just uh, it was insane laughter. For um, all right. So, what about um, one more question? Your favorite uh, subject studied in school? Mm, I didn't really have one. I guess electronics, I, and that's I thought the route that I was going to go. Mm-hmm. I really did, my, and I was going to go try to go more. Uh, granddad, dad, brother were all electricians, but I was going to go into electronics. And, oh yeah, you know, but that didn't work out. Okay. <laughs> I went to it, it, it did work out. I went to healthcare, and it was great. Yeah, well, you have to use a little bit of that knowledge there for sure. Well, my dad told me he said you can follow in all of our footsteps. He goes, but I'd rather you just get a job indoors. <laughs> indoors. Yeah, back then electricians were outside all the time. Uh, a, yeah. Your favorite place to hang out, not necessarily an eatery or could be. Oh, it was Gaddy's and, and billiards, you know, Brunswick Billiards. Oh, that yeah. was our, you know, that was the go-to place. Everybody met up there first after football games, and then you headed to the strip. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, you're the third graduate now in a row on the podcast who has said their favorite hangout is Gaddy's. Oh, yeah. Well, that was it. That was the place to go to find out. What was next? Mm-hmm. Or and go they're, home. They're still kicking. They're still, aren't they? You're in Knoxville now, right? What, I'm in so, Knoxville. Is Gaddy still around? I think it is. Um, They tried opening, I think, of Mr. Gaddy's and Turkey Creek, and it went out. Oh, okay. So, well, I've been lying to people. But, I thought it was still. Okay. But, uh, and the last question, then we're going to get back to your third child. Uh, tell me their name so I can't quit saying third child. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's their first name? It, well, so we got Sierra, that's my youngest, she's 21. Uh-huh. And then Seth Kitchens, which is 26. Uh-huh. And Casey, just 29. Okay. We're going to get to maybe that. Seth's, or maybe Seth's 25. But they'll understand that their daddy can't ever keep their ages. Yeah, well, at, at our age, birthdays. at our age, uh, Jeff Morgan, the first podcaster interview, I love what he said. He said he loves pulling the old man card. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> All well, right. So, we, well, tell tell me about. Um, is it? Well, I guess it would be. You said Sierra was already. We talked about Sierra. Who have we not talked about? Well, uh, just real quick with Seth, he was. Well, what's really cool about all three of the kids, mm-hmm. my, my wife and I, we wound up, she's from Roan County, and I was from, you know, really Cedar Bluff, kind of Bearden area, went to Farragut, and we ended up buying a house in um, back behind Farragut High School, mm-hmm. and the kids, uh, you know, went went to school, um, I, I think the the oldest one started like second grade at Farragut and, and then all three of them went through the Farragut schools and graduated from Farragut. And, uh, that's great. What are their, what are their really classes? Weird because, what are their years of graduation? What are their years? You oh, you would ask me that. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. You pull the old yeah, the, card. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Born in 91, uh, 94 and 98. So okay. I'll let whatever, the listeners get their calculator. Whatever, I can't remember the years they graduated, but but what was so weird was the day that I pulled up with my oldest son his freshman year and dropped him off outside. That was really really oh, yeah. weird feeling. Surreal. Yeah, it was it was something. And then and then get to see each one of them graduate. And mm-hmm. Of course, same thing. They had to go down. Still had to go downtown and do the Thompson Bowling Arena. Oh, yeah. Well, it was a Civic Coliseum for us. Thompson Bowling Arena for them, and uh, but those were well, actually you know, we were at Stokely Athletic Center. Were we Stokely? Yeah, or where? Yes, yeah, wherever it was hot and it was long. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was huge. And and on that, we our class was so large, and I'm still or I'm still trying to research this. Definitely the biggest that Farragut has ever had, even to this date. I've already asked that but, several times, but I'm looking now to find out if we were the biggest in the state ever, and that's starting to pan out as a reality as well because current day right now out in Bartlett, I think Memphis is the largest high school in Tennessee right now, 2,900 students, but they have less than 600 seniors. So that's an yeah. indication. We were like 655. Oh, yeah. So that's why I'm calling it the yeah, Big we, Blue. If anybody gets to be called Big Blue, it's us, right? Yeah, yeah, it should be. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember that, remember the, the cheer at football games, go Big Blue, you know? Right, but they're talking yeah. about the whole school name. But I'm, I, we need to reach up and steal that name. I think we deserve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely we deserve it. But I really appreciate you bringing up the, you know, the, like I said, the need, the need there, and and that's such a big, a big ask. I, I would never ask for the, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, I. But uh, well, you know, you know, you know Billy. Um, at, at our age, and it's certainly at our business development level, and I'm out of 655 grads, there's there's a few that have really done, I guess, financially well. I'm sure of it. It would be nothing for them to just pitch in and help make this a reality, and I'm, that's what I'm right. shooting for. But they can't do that unless they hear about it. So, well, and I'm gonna I'm trying to teach my kids to do better at better than Dad did. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we made a decent living, but we did live. Uh, took vacations when you know i think back hindsight now i was like wow should have put more money back and but you know we the kids had a good we had good vacations and got vehicles and things just kind of really messed up i really couldn't have been any worse at the time for me to fall off a roof paralyzed but 
Well, things have been in better hands, though. I've got to say that for my folks at UT and at Patricia Neal. So. Yeah. So there's a reason for everything they say. And yeah. There's still. And God definitely can, had a hand in it. Right. I mean, there I, you go. So I, the hand I, of the Creator is always. Yeah, he has. He had it. Uh, I try to listen to him, and he has a reason for me to be here. And uh, mm -hmm. so good talking to you, Vic. And I really appreciate you having me on the on the program. And I hope mm -hmm. I can't wait for the podcast to come out. And oh yeah, I can't well, wait to hear all the others. Mm -hmm. But as we wrap up, Billy, I'm going to ask you this: What would be what would have been your motto back then in '82? What was the the thing that you would have said like after graduation? This is my motto. Totally. Honest and truthfully, just thank God I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> I hated school. Man. I, mean, I just hated. It. I, I mean, not not fair, but I was terrible. I and my oldest son was exactly like me. He could not wait to get out, and it just we we're two peas in a pod. And anybody that ever sees a picture of my son, they're like, oh my God, he looks just like you. <laughs> and we act alike. And everybody's like, I've had people say, I saw your son the other day. I don't know. It had to be your son. Does he work at blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's my son. <laughs> and we, so anyway, that's great. that was just it. I, I wanted to get out and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that's why I, I, I think God had a hand in putting me where I, where I was at in the medical field because I absolutely loved it and I made good friends and uh, just through people that I worked with, but the people that I worked on too. That's awesome. So what a great story. Billy Kitchens, our guest here today on the podcast, the Big Blue 82 podcast, rolling right along, making waves, cutting through the ocean, uh, the, the white caps. Um and yeah, I'm glad you were here too, Billy. I mean, very interesting yeah. story. And for those well, people listening, uh, you can go to the Facebook page and there's an article in there you can link to and find out more details because this was a major media event. You were in the paper there, right? I was in the, uh, the, uh, oh, what is it? The Farragut Press did a story. Yeah. Michelle Oglesby, now, a big supporter of the class. She works there. What's, what's crazy is Channel 10 did a story on My Pet's Race, which is great. The, the one of the gosh, what was her name? Um, girls came out and did a did a story and did live at five at four, and that was cool. And that all went, you know, mm -hmm. out the door. But well, that was neat. If, if you anyway, if you got uh, a Billy, if you got a link on that, can you send it to me? I want to upload that somehow, either to the Facebook page or something. I'm gonna. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's sad for me to go back and watch because I. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, well, if, if you if you'd rather thing, it not, people, if you'd rather it not be late, that's your choice. Just let me know. It's so funny, Vic. A lot of people say, "Oh my gosh, do I call you Bill or Billy?" But my family still calls me Billy. This, mm -hmm. this happened to me just the other day. Somebody came up and I'm like, "Oh, I, I, I called you Billy." I'm like, "No, it's okay. I, I still like being called Billy." But when you go to work, it automatically goes to Bill. <laughs> but I think on my Facebook, it's Bill Kitchens. But outside of it, I have Billy. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I well, haven't done an update on there in a long time. I need to do one. I need to trim my beard and get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm if you pretty if, if you now. become if you become governor, I think this that you'll probably have to go by Bill as well. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, it's uh, Lord Kitchener from England is who I'm a descendant from. So just call me Lord. Lord <laughs>
<laughs> Lord Kitchens. Oh. Lord Kitchener. <laughs> All right, man. All right. Well, thank you, Billy, once again. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. If you're interested in being on the podcast, give me an email. Again, that email address is fhsbigblue82 at gmail. But I'm very excited about the big, oh, yeah. big reunion. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah, the reunion. Let's talk a little bit about that. It's uh, July, uh, 20, uh, July of 2022, July 9th is our tentative day. And the reason I say now I'm more tentative is I'm thinking that Class of 81, who got coveted out of their reunion, there's a slight chance they may be joining with us, and that means we're going to have to find a bigger place than what we got right now. Okay. You so, say Class of 81? 81, yeah. Okay, cool. I got a lot. Of, I have a lot of friends from 81. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a big connection between 81. Well, and 81. Yeah, it's, that's, the, that's the best part for me about Facebook, and that was the main started out spy on the kids I thought but it was really <laughs> then it was just wow, just catching up with everybody it's been great for that oh yeah that's what I use it for mostly <laughs> mm-hmm. awesome well once again Bill thank you for being the guest today on the Big Blue 82 and uh, those of you listening contact me we'll get you on here my goal of course is to get 655 interviews um, of course now we're going to have some memorial um, people that had passed on and we'll be able to get the full number I, I understand that but I, I just like that number. It just sounds so cool. That's a big yeah. class, you know, big blue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again. All right, big. Good talking to you. We'll see everybody in 2022. Yeah. I'm going to come. I've got a reserved seat already. <laughs> I'm going to be rolling in my wheelchair. Oh, yeah. There you go. I have to be able to make jokes about that. Man. You know, I'm trying to lighten the, lighten the situation. Oh yeah, awesome. Good, 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 good. Well, I'll be there. All right. You're gonna have to reserve a chair for me. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Billy. All right, man. Also, if you're interested in being recorded, be on the podcast. Contact me, the host, Vic, at fhsbigblue1982 at gmail.com. Once again, fhsbigblue. 1982 at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on the Big Blue. Have a great day.